You're listening to the You Mentor Talk Show, now available on the Umoja app. I'm your host, Imran Daramsi. And on this weekly talk show, we invite professionals and teenagers to take us through their journeys and give us advice. Uh, and remember, if you have any questions for the panelists, you can always leave them in the live comments, which is right to the side of this video, uh, and we'll get to them during the show. And of course, you can also put them in the Inspire platform on the Umoja app. Uh, and before we start, we wanted to quickly mention a bit about that. Uh, the Inspire platform is a question and answer platform for career advice in our Shia community. Uh, so as a rising professional, uh, you can ask for advice from uh, professionals in our community. And as a mentor, you can give advice to our community's future professionals or also students uh, who are younger than you. Uh, and that is available via the Umoja app on Android and iOS uh, with an Umoja account. Also, please join us for Umoja Games Special Edition uh, on July 31st and August 1st, 2021 uh, in Richmond, Virginia. And you can learn more about that on our website. Today's speaker is Imad Ramtullah. He is a mechatronics engineer uh, and an entrepreneur who attends the University of Waterloo. Um, and as is the case with nearly every uh, Waterloo program, uh, he's enrolled in a co-op where he works for a different company every four months to gain experience in the field. And on the side, he runs a custom luxury handmade furniture business, which we will also hear a lot more about. Uh, so let's welcome Brother Imad onto the show. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam. How are you? Thank you so much for joining us. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yep, definitely. Um, so you have a really interesting, I think, combination of, of things that you're doing. Um, so why don't you maybe introduce yourself? I know I did a little bit on the slide, but um, if you can just summarize what you're studying, um, what you do outside of school, and also uh, how much, like the experience that you have in, in the field that you're studying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name is Ahmad. Um, I am the owner of Barranco Handmade Furniture. Um, it's a mm -hmm. custom luxury furniture brand. Um, that I've been building for the past few years. Um, it's my it used to be my hobby um, and I turned profession. Um, I am also at the University of Waterloo for mechatronics engineering, which is just a fancy word for robotics. Um, um, I've been there for about two years now. This is just halfway through my second year now. Okay. For, I'm also currently um, in a co-op program um, located in Hanover. It's a small town north of Ontario. Uh, I'm working for an electrical manufacturing company uh, doing mechanical engineering and, and robotics. Okay. Work. Um, cool. Yeah, outside of outside of that stuff, I, I enjoy skiing, um, some sports, and, and just regular hobbies. Nice. So you've probably been asked this question a lot of times, but I'm going to ask it one more time. Uh, what is mechatronics? Yeah, so mechatronics is not something new. It's just a new okay. combination <laughs> of um, pre-existing engineering faculties. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's really just a combination of software engineering, electrical engineering, um, and mechanical engineering. So it takes uh, a physical system such as a car, right? For example, Tesla. Um, right. So that needs mechanical engineers input to, you know, make sure that the car is not going to break, that everything is, the materials used are, are sturdy enough. Um, and then combined with the electronic components, um, so circuitry and the computer elements, um, and that's all driven by software. So the combination and the interaction of those three disciplines um, is what's known as mechatronics engineering. Uh, it's really just automation, uh, robotics, it's, it's seen a lot nowadays um, in industries, you have those robotic arms picking stuff up, mm -hmm. um, yeah. self-driving cars, uh, those Roomba devices, all that stuff is, is falls under the umbrella of mechatronics engineering. So that's a lot to study. If you're, I mean, just thinking about if you want to go into that field, since it's a combination of so many different things, it's, it's very broad. 
Um, so how do the courses, I guess, work to prepare you for that at Waterloo? Yeah, absolutely. So we do a little bit of everything. Um, okay. You know, we don't get go as in-depth as, you know, let's say a computer science program or a mechanical engineering degree. Um, mm-hmm. But we know enough to get by. Um, it's certainly a very broad spectrum of different topics. Um, but it works. It works out. Um, I'd say, you know, you could call us jack of all trades. Um, and, you know, people <laughs> say that jack of all trades, but master of none. Um, but the full saying goes, uh, jack of all trades, master of none, but, me- but better than a master of just one. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah true. <laughs> that, that holds true for us because you know, especially in this age, there's there's so many different um, online resources to learn anything you want to learn, right? Mm-hmm. And so for us, um, learning a little bit about everything gives us the basic foundation um, and right, you know, right. an umbrella degree for the companies to hire us. You know, we've been to Waterloo, we know what we're doing. Yeah. Um, and then you know, if it's a mechanical job or a software job, we can spend a month just brushing up and, and going into that depth. Um, online just by ourselves because we don't have as much as they would for example Mm -hmm. um but yeah so we learn a little bit of everything enough to make sure that we are able to do um do it to a satisfactory level make sure that we can combine everything and that's really our specialty is right using all the different components and making sure that they work together um so we'll consult with um other mechanical engineers or software engineers um if it's something that we're not sure how to do but what we do is we take what they give us and we make sure that it works with all the other um, components. So as far as courses go, every semester we take a little bit of everything. So some semesters mm-hmm. will have an algorithms and data structures course uh, paired with a material science course um, and uh, circuits course, right? So every semester it's a good mix of, of all the different things that we would need. Um, yeah, it, it ends up working out. It gives us a, the opportunity to go into any field, um, any of those three engineering fields, or okay. even just um, the ideal, which is to work for a company that takes all three and puts them together for their product. So one thing um, which you, I think, just touched on, we didn't, I guess, really cover this in the pre-interview, but what are the job prospects for someone who goes into Megatronics? Like, what are some of the companies you could work for? Because it seems like um, it's pretty good in that respect because of how much you learn. So, yeah. Yeah. So jobs wise, um, I think the, the golden standard here would be Tesla. Um, okay. They do, you know, exactly what Mechatronics engineers do. Self-driving cars, mm-hmm. you know, the interaction of the three, like I said. Um, but really any, if you want to just focus Mechatronics alone, it would be like the, the companies that manufacture the robotics arms for, um, for assembly lines and stuff, right? So that's huge, right? Manufacturing all time high right now. And yeah. everyone's automating their processes, right? There's... Like, I remember that scene in, I think it was Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, when his dad gets laid off because they get a robot to put the caps on the toothpaste. Like, that, that's that been around for Oh, a yeah, time. I remember that, too. Yeah, and so that's, <laughs> but, um, yeah. it's it's booming right now. And so that's, it's a good field to be in because um, those companies are, are mechatronics engineers and, and they work with the robotic arms. And it's really just the combination of the three um, disciplines that have been, you know, around forever. So mm-hmm. as far as job prospects go, it will be stuff like that. Um, okay. Then... If you, for example, can't get a job or don't want to get a job in one of those, you can also do um, any of the other three by themselves. So I could, you know, get out and become a software engineer um, if I think I like that more than the interaction mm-hmm. of the three. Um, I could go out and I could become a mechanical engineer. Um, I could do just electrical engineering and, and circuitry. Um, there would probably be a fair bit of training that I'd have to go through to become just okay. one of those by themselves because those roles are more demanding than, than what we learn. We learn just the basics um, and the, mostly the interaction of the systems. 
Um, but job prospects wise, we can do quite a large variety of things, right? Um, right. So the doors are definitely very open. That's good. Yeah. Um, sounds pretty intense though. So do you have any advice for people who are coming into like a mechatronics program or also specifically mechatronics at uh, Waterloo? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Waterloo is, it's a very interesting school. Um, and I'm not going to badmouth them or anything, but <laughs> okay. you have to be a very specific individual to succeed at Waterloo. And I don't mean like you have to be smart because, you know, I think, I believe that you anybody can do whatever they put their mind to, right? What I mean is, you know, to get into Waterloo in the first place, you have to have like a ridiculously high average, which means <laughs> okay. the type yeah. of people that are, are in are attending Waterloo in the first place, you know, they're not, they're a little bit less social. Um, they're, mm. you know, they, it's just a different, they, they focus very much on their studies um, and there's not much okay. extracurriculars or, or a lot of fun to do. Oh, that. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're somebody that really enjoys, you know, the social aspect and wants to enjoy the university experience, you know, as it's portrayed in, in the media, then um, <laughs> perhaps Waterloo won't be for you because at the end of the day, right, Waterloo is this name brand school, right? And they have this mm. reputation to uphold that, you know, our kids are the smartest and the most advanced. Yeah. Ever. And in order to achieve that, they make everything, you know, more difficult than it needs to be. So mm. courses will oftentimes be harder than, than you know, another university's engineering program. Um, right, right. Exams are harder. The, the professors, you know, leave you to figure things out more for yourself. Mm. Um, so, you know, if you... If you're coming to Waterloo, just be wary that you'll be spending a lot of time um, studying and, and make sure, making sure that you're, you're going to succeed in the courses. Um, but also, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's about having fun, right? In, in your youth, you, wanna, you don't want to take things too seriously. If you fail a few exams, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's okay. <laughs> as, long as, as long as you get through it at the end of the day, you get that diploma. Um, mm. Not to stress too much, right? Waterloo can be very stressful in a very competitive environment. Um, so you have to not, you know, let yourself get hung up on that. Like at the end of the day, you know, these, the employers don't really care what your GPA was, you know, as long as you made it through the program and you know what you're talking about, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be fine. Um, so yeah, focusing definitely, you know, you've got to focus on, on the education, but not to take it too seriously, especially coming into Waterloo. Hmm. Yeah. I think that's good advice in general, but also for somewhere as intense as Waterloo. So yeah. Uh, I wanted to quickly uh, talk about, the previous year <laughs> that just happened with COVID and everything. How, how was it taking courses about things like materials and like engineering online? Sounds like a, an interesting experience. I just want to hear your take on how it, how it went for you. Yeah. I mean, interesting is, is an interesting word to use. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'd say, honestly, I think it made it a little bit better in certain aspects. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I certainly missed out on the hands-on lab experiences, you know, actually working with the PLCs and the circuits um, that was all done on a simulator online, which is not the same. Okay. Um, yeah, it's not. But for courses like materials, it honestly made it easier because it became more realistic. Mm -hmm. You know, I think pre-COVID, the university education system was a little bit flawed or actually majorly flawed mm -hmm. because it's not really <laughs> real life scenarios like in, in real life, you're never going to be stuck in a, in a room for two and a half hours and forced to just write down things that some guy said in a lecture hall, right? You, and you have to life, memorize, yeah. Yeah, exactly. In real life, yeah. you have A, access to your resources, B, not like unrealistic time constraints. Um, and you have, you, you can think properly, think freely, and you can look up what you've written down, your notes and your resources. 
Um, and so that was a big change in the online semester because everything became open book. Um, mm -hmm. And so, for example, for my final um, exam for my materials course, materials and physics course, he had us go outside, um, take a picture of a telephone, like a traffic light. Oh, wow. Okay. And he said, do analysis on it. Figure out if it'll fall if there's a big storm. You know, you have hmm. 36 hours to do it. Look at your notes. Um, do a full analysis. And like, to me, that makes so much more sense um, as, a, as a test to see if we know what we're doing, right? That's something we would do in real life. That's mm -hmm. how real life engineering works. It's not, you know, a piece of paper with some arbitrary questions that you have to answer. Um, and so in that aspect, it was, it was very good. Um, GPA wise, it was, it was very beneficial. <laughs> My GPA okay, was good. skyrocketing. Um, <laughs> but you definitely miss out on the social aspects of university, right? Um, being in an apartment with your friends and, and, you know, Friday nights, Saturday nights, studying together, all that kind of stuff. Um, you miss out on that for, you know, a year, but there's, there's a little bit to be gained from, you know, mm. market boosting and, and um, just an interesting experience and an interesting way to study. And who knows, this could become the future of, of universities. So. Right. I mean, I hope uh, they take the lessons moving forward that they have to make their assessments more like real life, like what you're going to exactly. be actually doing. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, thanks for that. Anyway, so uh, I think if, if next we want to just talk about uh, the co-ops, like the experiences that you've had um, with your co-ops. And first, if, if you could just... Uh, t like remind us again how how the rotation actually works so where do you with all this packed class schedule where do you squeeze in four months a year to do a co-op yeah so the way they structured their co-op program is four months of school and then mm -hmm. four months of work so there's no okay. summer vacations there's no break um i think so it's four months sorry to interrupt, but it's four, yeah. so four months of school then four months of work then four months of school again yeah exactly so like it's not like you get any breaks okay all right i think nice. the longest break we get is um december break i think that's two uh -huh. weeks that's about it um honestly though the co-ops can you can think of them kind of like a break it's like it's a mm -hmm. nine to five but then afterwards you're free to do whatever you want yeah um okay. yeah so the co-op program at waterloo is honestly the the best in the world like i know my previous mm. comments on waterloo weren't the best, but <laughs> this is where waterloo really shines and this is why i went to waterloo and a lot of people why they go to waterloo is is for the co-op program right mm -hmm. um i think 50 years ago if you went to a school and got your diploma you know for engineering especially people were companies were lining up to give you a job right because you've been yeah. to school but now it's it's not like that right you need they want you to mm -hmm. have work experience and mm. for the traditional engineering program that like where would you get work experience if you're you know doing eight eight months on and then you have a summer in and again mm -hmm. um so with the co-op program you graduate waterloo with two years of experience at six or seven different companies wow. um yeah so it's it's very beneficial and like i was saying the whole you know name brand uh, school that, <laughs> that comes with a benefit because companies want to hire kids from waterloo um, so we have uh, an internal job board posting and all the big companies, they don't even bother putting their jobs up anywhere else. They just just plug right into the Waterloo website. Um, so we have offers from Tesla. We have offers from Apple, Microsoft, um, Huawei in China. Um, wow. Yeah. All the big companies. It's impressive. Some, yeah. Yeah. Even some Silicon Valley startups. <laughs> um, hmm. And so it's very good experience that you can get. Um, and the, the pay is also very reasonable. Um, it okay. starts from like 20 bucks an hour in like your first few semesters um, mm -hmm. and the top end goes to like 50 grand for four months if you get a job in like wow. California or something so, <laughs> that's yeah, a lot it, exactly and so it definitely yeah. helps pay for the next four months of school right you do four months of co-op 
make right, enough money right. to pay for the next semester. So at the end of the at, at the end of your program, you're not really in any kind of debt. And even if you are, hmm. um, you come out with a degree from a good school and um, good experience. And so you know you could get a job fairly easily and, and pay off any debts fairly fairly quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So that's probably the biggest thing that Waterloo has going for itself is is the co-op program. Yeah, that's great. So how about personally you, what, what has been your favorite co-op experience uh, so far? I know it's been a few, you've probably started your new one, right? That you hadn't started last time we talked. Yeah. So if you want to even talk about that, yeah. Yeah, so for sure. Um, I've done three co-ops so far. Uh, my first mm-hmm. one was a web development uh, role. The okay. second one was software um, testing. And the, the current one that I'm doing is a mechanical and mechatronics uh, mix role. Um, hmm. I'd say the software testing wasn't, it was interesting, certainly very interesting, but I'd rather be mm-hmm. writing the code than testing the code. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> Makes sense. So, yeah, that's just something I learned. Um, my current co-op is shaping out to be uh, the most interesting uh, so far. I've, I'm about a week and a half in, um, and so far I've been, I've been tasked with designing a machine. Um, so hmm, wow. they have a process where they have these tiny little parts that get mixed in with sand for cleaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you need to separate the sand from the parts. So I'm designing a machine that'll that'll sift the sand out and it automatically with motors and uh, microcontrollers and stuff. And then once it's done sifting and it senses that the sand is all out, um, it'll transfer the the parts onto a boat. That's what they call it um, to put the parts to bring them to the next step. Um, so mm-hmm. I've been okay. designing that in SolidWorks the past few days, and it's it's been really interesting. I've I've really enjoyed it. Um, and it's a big uh, production line company as well. I'm in the mm-hmm. engineering department, but on the floor, they have a few of the robots that are uh, picking up the parts and placing them in the oh, wow. container. Um, and so, you know, in the next month or two, they're going to have a new robot in. So I'll be helping get it set up, um, helping program it to make sure that it can identify which parts need to be picked up and, and where they need to go. Um, so they have like a camera that senses um, the, the the area, the surroundings, um, and then the code goes in and it identifies all the different parts which need to be picked up, flipped, so on and so forth. Um, and then it runs the program to to do what needs to be done. So um, I'm excited to to work on that. It's been it looks promising for sure. I have a question actually, uh, just from hearing that, which we didn't we didn't I don't think we talked about last time in our pre interview, but. Um, it sounds like that position requires a lot of specialized knowledge uh, about robots and microcontrollers and everything. So how much do you think, how well do you think uh, your courses have prepared you for that? Um, and what advice would you give someone who's maybe interested in mechatronics, but they're f- further on in high school and they don't really have any of that kind of experience yet? So um, to answer your first question, mm-hmm. courses, they, they, I would say that they prepared me fairly well. Okay. Um, my previous microcontroller course was all about PLCs, um, which is a programmable logic controller. Um, and it's basically used for industrial purposes, such as production lines. They've been around for quite a while. Um, I think they were replacing the relay circuits um, back in like the 60s or even earlier. Um, but essentially, the, um, the simulations that we ran last semester were pretty similar. Like we had some... Um, okay. conveyor belt scenarios and we had um, some robots on the side of the road um, moving around scenarios um, and so that that stuff is not coded um, like in a written language it's called ladder logic which is it's it's split, split up like ladder and then it has different rungs um, and then it it 
it um, evaluates the rungs going down um, and it sees which conditions are met. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, I think when I was speaking to, to the gentleman who was getting the robot in um, and he was explaining the things to me, I was pretty much understanding everything that he was saying um, and it was all mm -hmm. making sense to me. So in that aspect, mm -hmm. I think um, their courses are, are fairly realistic to what you'll see in real life. Um, and that's, that's just the way the courses have been designed. So, um, definitely, definitely useful there. Um, right, right. That's good. to answer your second question, I'd say, mm -hmm. honestly, just, just experiment with it. Um, like you can pick up a kit off of Amazon, um, the Arduino kits. They're like, I don't know, it's 99 to a hundred bucks. Um, and they have everything that you need yeah. to get started. Um, they come with like the user manual and, um, uh, tutorials that you could follow step-by-step. Step. They give you the code that you need. Um, and so you can, you can easily just take that, you know, pick that up and start playing around with all the different things. And then once you get comfortable and you learn enough from the tutorials, you can pretty much, you know, build whatever you need. They're very versatile and they're fairly simple to understand. So if you're interested in something like that, it's, it's easy to pick up on it. Um, and, you know, once you're playing around with it, if you, if you decide that you like it, you know, maybe that's something you want to consider for, for university. Hmm. Yeah, that's, I think that's great advice. So you don't necessarily need any specialized experience if you're just in high school thinking you're considering it you can just you know get it experiment with it see if you like it and then go think about going into it yeah absolutely you just need yeah. to play around with it to make sure that you like it first because there's this, the learning curve is quite steep you uh -huh. it's not so much about experience well, it's it's both but you need to be you need to learn everything first before you can apply it um so plc's yeah. are, are very different from the arduinos and the arduinos are fairly simple um, so as you move along with the more advanced robotics, um, it'll, you need more understanding and a better grasp of how everything works. So first, play around with it, decide if you like it. And then once you know that you like it, then the learning becomes enjoyable. So it's, it's not too bad. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Great. Thanks for that advice. Um, when you graduate, uh, what are you thinking uh, about doing? I know we were talking a bit about your own business that you have, which I also do want to definitely get to. So maybe if you want to also tie that in a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I think ideally after I graduate, um, you know, I'd want to work somewhere just to get um, a good grasp of, of the work environment once I've completed mm -hmm. my degree. Um, okay. Something like Tesla, ideally. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, yeah. but I think, I think the business is pretty cool. Mm. Um, but yeah, so something like that would, would probably be nice for a year or two just to, you know, get insider tips and tricks of, of how everything mm. works. Um, but then for the long term, I definitely would want to start my own thing. Um, I've done both, right? Um, I've worked for myself right. and I've worked for a company. And, you know, there's just something about the power and responsibility that comes with running your own business that's it's hard to come by in, in a job. You know, it's exciting. It's, it's much more enjoyable to work. Um, so yeah, I think I definitely would, um, would start my own business, maybe, you know, make an invention, sell it to Google. I don't know. I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you. Um, how about your, so I know you mentioned the contrast between those two things. Could you go more into that before we touch on your furniture business? Yeah. So the big thing about working at a company is it's, it's not yours, right? It's, yeah, yeah. they'll give you some work to do and you can do it. You can not do it, whatever it is. <laughs> It doesn't affect you directly. At the end of the day, you'll still get your paycheck, right? And, you know, as long as you're doing a good job, you're probably not going to get fired. And the responsibility and, and the excitement are both very low. Um, as compared to when you're running your own thing, right? You're your own boss. You decide what to do. So there's a lot more freedom, right? You don't have to be in nine to five. You don't answer to anybody. Yeah. You can start whenever you want and whenever you want. Um, it's completely up to you. 
Um, and also the power that you have, right? You could drive your business into the ground or you can make a million <laughs> bucks. It's, yeah, it's all in right. your hands, right? And that responsibility and power is, you know, there's just something about us that we, we like that. We like having power. I think everybody can agree with that. And so um, running your own thing comes with that and it comes with um, a lot of responsibility. Um, you know, you're taking somebody else's money and you have to make sure that you can um, deliver and meet their expectations. Mm -hmm. um, and so that is kind of hanging over your head, but, you know, you could use that to, to, to you know, motivate yourself to do a good job. Um, right. And that all is very exciting, right? You could mess something up and it could cost you a bunch or you could do a good job and the customer will be very happy. And that's just the cycle and it, it's exciting. And I think, you know, we like things that are exciting. We, the, the human, humans are not, you know, programmed to enjoy mundane activities. So right. um, there's just something about doing your own thing that is much more fulfilling, I would say. Definitely. Yeah, I agree. Um, so could you tell us more about your furniture business specifically? Like, how did it start? Um, what are you doing with it right now? And then we can also take a look at your website, which I have on my screen here. I can share it. Sounds good. Um, yeah, so this all started in the summer of 2018. Um, I think I was 16 going on 17. Um, and uh, we had a, a, a presentation at school from this government organization called uh, Summer Company. So if anyone is here okay. from Ontario, if you're interested in doing something, um, look into the Summer Company. So what they do is they take um, the learning curve and the risk of starting your own business um, out of it. So essentially, they'll give you um, some startup cash um, and they'll give you uh, mentorship. Uh, they have professionals in all the different fields like accounting and marketing and sales come in um, mm. and they work with, it's a small group, maybe 15, 20 people every summer of, for each region that is. Um, and they work with you uh, to make sure that you have the tools that you need to succeed. Uh, so it's, that's how it all started for me. Um, before that, I had always just enjoyed building things. So mm -hmm. tables, coffee tables, just little side projects. Uh, so I figured I'd uh, try to see if I could make a business out of that. And Alhamdulillah, it's worked out fairly well. Um, I usually do things like river coffee tables, river dining tables, um, some some glass pieces, uh, a lot of a lot of live edge um, high end wood slabs are also in play. Um, Alhamdulillah, you know, I've been able to turn five figure profits in revenue every every year, so wow. it's been going nice. fairly well. Um, yeah, so that's how it started. Um, yeah. All right. Um, and what is what is your favorite thing that you have made uh, in your business so far? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> it must be a um, tough question, yeah. <laughs> I'd say there were two that I really enjoyed. Um, there's one that I did very recently. It was a, an office table um, for a real estate agent. And we had like okay. a, a wing situation going on. Um, and it was supported from the bottom. It almost looked like it was hmm. floating from certain angles. Oh, wow. So nice. that was quite something to build it was a lot of work um, mm -hmm. but definitely worth it at the end it looked really good uh the other one cool. um i'm sure people have seen going around on instagram the epoxy river tables um basically two slabs of wood um with epoxy resin in the middle um to hold the pieces together and it looks like a river uh those are really fun to mm -hmm. make uh, but they can be quite challenging the epoxy is uh is a very fickle uh substance so um, but it, it turns out amazing. There is that one. Um, and there was one other one that I built. It was a TV stand with the live edge that was facing on the edge. It was like a river, but it wasn't filled with epoxy. It was left open right in the middle. Um, I think we'll see it on my website, but it, those were, those yeah. were like, okay. a lot of fun. Oh, that's impressive. <laughs> I can tell like when you're talking about it, how you, you really enjoy doing that. 
I do. Yeah. And that's important yeah. <laughs> right? for anybody who's, you know, thinking of starting their own thing. I'd say make sure you find something that you're passionate about and something that you enjoy. Right. You want to put in all mm -hmm. the work and all the effort, because if you don't right, they'll show in your end product. Um, and right. If the cut, you have to do right by your customer, because, you know, everyone goes off about Facebook marketing and Instagram ads. But at the end of the day, really, it's all it's all word of mouth. Right. And if your customers are happy, you'll get more of them. Um, and yeah, you have to make sure yeah. you're passionate and that you enjoy what you do. Otherwise, it's just a hassle. Right. Okay. Uh, if you want, we can uh, take a look at uh, your website quickly. If you want to just um, like guide us through it, tell us what's on it, <laughs> and you can show us some pictures of your work too. Yeah, sounds good. So if you go up to the shop at the top there. Okay. Um. So that that first the the second one, yeah, that one. Second one. Uh huh. Yep. So that was the oh, wow. talking about. It's a the wing situation. Um, huh. Yeah, it was quite interesting to build. It was a little bit uh, challenging getting all the pieces to work together, but it, it ended up right. Yeah, I see what you mean when it's floating. That's inter that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then that the, the second one on the second row is the TV stand okay. that I was talking about earlier. Ah, uh, all right. So yeah, those, those faces are on a hydraulic system, so they lift up and they they like they open upwards. Um, so if you want access to your storage, right, it's uh -huh. in there. And there's a shelf wow. that lines up with the opening of the river. So you can point your remote um, at the slot to your boxes and stuff. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. yeah it's impressive. Cool, I cool. Think, yeah, yeah. Nice. And I think near the top, the, the, right, uh -huh. the right one on the first row, that was the this one? boxy river table. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So that's the river table. So those are two slabs. Um, and then in between, there's a, a whole thing of, of epoxy. That is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, thank nice. you. So this is, I think I put it in the bottom. It's morenco.ca, right? Yes. Two R's. Yeah. Correct. Nice. Yeah. All right. So we are almost out of time, unfortunately. Um, we could have probably gone for a whole hour, but we don't unfortunately have an hour. Um, but there is one last, one second to last question I want to ask you before your final piece of advice, um, which is when you started uh, your business, how do you think that the fact that we have such big interconnected communities where everyone knows each other, how do you think that played a role at all? Huge role. Huge okay. role. I think <laughs> You know, Humble, we're very blessed to have such amazing communities. Um, I think almost all of my clients uh, are from the community um, mm -hmm. and, you know, they've they've re recommended to, to each other. Um, you know, the coaches do well for themselves, uh, Alhamdulillah. <laughs> so they're definitely good clients to tap into. Um, and, you know, we've been networking with them for, you know, how many years? You know, we've been going to their houses for dinners and and mm -hmm. all of these eat yeah. celebrations and seeing them at mosques right, for, right. for, you know, kashalis and stuff. So we know everybody that's in the community. We've been networking forever. So as soon as, you know, we have an idea, there is a huge potential market that we could, um, you know, pitch to and get support from. So I think that's probably one of the key elements of, of my success has been the community. I'm always very grateful for that. Right. Amazing. Uh, now, uh, our last question, we are unfortunately out of time. What is your final piece of advice for our listeners today? If they take only one thing away from the whole show, uh, what, what, what should it be? Um, <laughs> no, I Sorry to, to put you on the spot. No, but... <laughs> no, it's okay. um, I hate to plagiarize here, but I would say okay. just, just do it. You know, like whatever you think um, would make you happy, whatever you feel 
uh, is right for you to do, just just go ahead and do it. You know, don't think about doing it. Um, you know, at the end of the day, when all is said and done, you won't regret the things that you did, right? Because all the little decisions that you made have taken you to where you are. Um, I think people will really, what they regret is the things that they didn't do, right? The risks that they didn't take. Um, and, you know, sometimes taking risks can be scary, and, and I understand that, but now, there's this thought experiment that I, it's a little bit cheesy, but um, if you imagine, right, at the end of time, you know, you've made it to the afterlife and you're sitting at a table yeah, and God hands you a piece of paper and on that piece of paper is your ideal life, right? Everything you've ever wanted, your, your dream life. And he says to you, this is what you were supposed to become, right? This is the, I gave you the potential to do this, what happened, right? And I think that's scarier than, than any risk that could come from starting a business or moving to Japan or whatever you want to do, right? Because <laughs> you, wanna, you don't want to fail that potential. You have the potential to do amazing things and, you know, don't think about doing things. Just go ahead, do them. Mm, yeah, that, I think that's great advice. Yeah. Thank so thank you so much for coming on the show, for sharing right. about your, your journey. Um, and yeah, I hope people reach out to you and reach out to your business and everything. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. It's my yeah. pleasure. All right. Thank you for tuning in to the You Mentor Talk show. Uh, tune into the show next week on Saturday at 3 p.m. on YouTube Live uh, for a show with Sister Umayma Saad, an early childhood educator. Uh, and remember, you can always catch our previous episodes as well as this one in a few hours uh, on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our website. Moja Outreach Foundation, uniting and empowering the Shia community.